1: <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute made slushie is just one fifty nine. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
0: Shaped, Dude,
2: like we're in an old department store. Awesome. you <laughs>
3: for the rest
4: of your life sir
3: oh well there you go now now i know the time
2: <laughs> i know the time well then we can't hear it anyway so it don't matter
4: well, well you know,
3: that is true
2: too
4: the
3: last
2: time I had it, where it was
4: piped in the last time where i had it where it was piped in we had the echo from hell so it's trying to trying to help us out a little bit
2: but isn't that the one where you weren't listened and then we were like yay
4: wow okay
2: i'm just kidding wow
4: Welcome, everybody, to Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We are, indeed, live right here from uh, C2CRadioShow.com, (laughs) PW247Radio.com, and all points in between. It is TakeOver night. NXT TakeOver is right now. They have switched. They screwed us. It's no longer from Saturday nights. No, no. It's actually... It is actually from Sunday nights, so all pay-per-views are on Sundays. Way to way to really keep us informed,
3: by the way. WWE, great yeah. job. Yeah. So, are you watching it?
4: It is on right now. We've got Candice LeRae and Io Shirai, the Genius of the Skies.
3: Okay, so what does the new uh, Capitol Championship Center look like, or whatever it's called now?
4: Um, okay, so the Capitol Wrestling Center, yeah, I don't know, I don't know where they came up with that idea, never heard that name, oh wait,
3: there's a place in Mm, D.C. Oh wait, great, yeah, D.C.
4: Anyway, uh, yeah, so the Capitol Wrestling Center, uh, let's see here, it is kind of a mixture of how you would expect the Battle of the Tough Guys to look with the chain link fences and also a mixture of the Thunderdome. So you got the NXT talent down front. They're all surrounding the ring there. There's the plexiglass and a chain link f- fence. So now you've got two things, two barriers, and then the Thunderdome, which is surrounding the entire area. But instead of it being a dome, it's all, it's all a, uh, a square. It's angle. Square. I, I, don't get it. I don't get it, but hey, that's what happens as we continue to enjoy NXT. And I will say that tonight's NXT Takeover has actually been pretty good. Um, not bad, not bad at all. I I think that uh, Velveteen Dream and Kushida was basically a, a brute, a brute fest. I mean, Velveteen Dream just got the snot knocked out of him. So I, I think we've uh, got, got some decent stuff there. I, all in all, a decent show so far. Uh, Gargano loses to Damian Priest. That one actually kind of surprised me. I really wasn't expecting that. Uh, but at the same time, we've also got uh, El Legado de Fantasma, Santos Escobar who actually uh, retained the Cruiserweight title in a great match with Swerve Scott. If you haven't had a chance to check that one out, I definitely encourage you to do so. And Candice LeRae has uh, come so close to winning the title, but I was just telling the guys here, of course, Rob Hefner and Ryan Taylor, who are joining us, guys, I I don't know that I think that uh, Candice LeRae is really working out well as a bad guy.
2: I'll take your
3: word for but, it. I'm trying to log in and see it. But I mean, did you like this though when she I first did. turned? I did. I
4: liked the evil pixie look that she had. And now I guess <laughs> I'm no longer in I'm no longer in love with the evil pixie. That, that no sounds... longer
3: in love with the normal. evil pixie. Yeah,
4: I I guess
2: it's it Because yeah, yeah, She's asking you
4: well, that's, that's true. She's not really asking me if I like it.
2: She <laughs> doesn't care.
4: Okay, fine. Sorry, I
2: didn't mean to get personal.
4: That's okay. That's okay. Rob, you can still be our tribal chief.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
4: I wasn't expecting that reaction, but that's a winner. Hey, tonight is the night, fellas. It is the best the top 10 of the WWF's Attitude Era wrestlers. We all got together and put our own spin to our top 10 Attitude Era wrestlers. The, the rules are basically the requirements was it had to be WWF Superstar. So it couldn't be like Goldberg or DDP because as we continue to go forward, who knows, we may go through the Monday Night Wars edition of a top 10.
3: It's just the and, and, and the WWF attitude error is defined as a period of time from 1997 to 2002. Correct, correct. So according to Wikipedia.
4: <laughs> the good folks over at Wikipedia. And we can all trust
0: Wikipedia.
1: Oh. Hey sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money, that's my jam.
3: What do we think? Outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set?
1: Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge.
3: Okay. I am
0: so ready for this party.
1: It's been too long. Wait, go back. Show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine. Even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match my... Is that my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices.
4: Always and forever. Yes, always. Yes. That is the most trustworthy All media. Alright, the ref's been knocked out twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God! First, he takes an elbow to the face, and then he takes a moon salt. Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! All right, so we're gonna dive right in. We're gonna start off with hey, we're starting from right. number ten and work on oh, our way to number ride. one.
2: Correct? We can't. We can't dive in. Yes. Hey. What? Well, yeah. We want to go backwards, right?
4: We're going backwards from 10 to 1. Okay. 10 and, to uh, 1. Let's see here. Uh Brian,
3: lead us off. Wait, are we are we, are we starting or do we want to go maybe two picks and then like talk about some wrestling and then two, you know, what, what what's the
2: format here, big guy? So or do we we'll, just want to run down through all 10.
4: We'll we'll start off. We'll do two picks, okay? We'll cover uh, Now, now,
2: now. Is it is it two like each of us do a two picks or is it like you and brian do a pick mm. like what do you mean by two? no no? so like Maybe i'll it should do, be three I'll picks do number
3: 10 well i'll do 10 Stan does 10 you do 10 and then we
2: go to nine. I no i was just trying to make you yes. mad
4: no i think oh. we should do three picks
3: at a time okay three picks is fine <laughs>
4: i got mean, it i'm not well, scared we'll like you through. i'm not
3: scared like y'all
4: We'll go through all three. So one of us will do our number 10, then the next one, and then the next one. We'll finish with our 10th one, go through some wrestling, and so on. Can we? And agree again, on it thing?
3: should be noted that these are all subjective. And even though all 10 may appear on each other's list, the rankings, however, will probably be different.
4: Oof. That was a sloppy belt shot there, Candice. You should feel ashamed of yourself. Good Lord. Anyway, all right, here we go. Starting off. Brian, your number 10
3: pick. Number 10 pick. So, I'm going to go... I'm going to take a tag team at number 10. Uh-oh. Right? So I'm going to take a tag team at number 10. Uh, now, they both go on to do great things separate. Um, but I think if they're very integral... In the fact that they bring a match to the Attitude Era that them and two other tag teams couldn't have been able to pull off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it was that bright combination of three that was able to pull it off, and I'm going to have to go with Edge and Christian.
4: Wow. Edge and Christian, both uh, Hall of Famers, well— Edges Hall of Famer
3: uh, Christian. Well, Christian is too TNA.
4: Ah, uh-huh, that's right. He's an Impact Hall of Famer.
3: That that's right. Sessions. Both a coat. Uh, both World Champions.
0: Yep.
3: Singles and tag. Um, started. Um, what was the Brood? Mm-hmm. You know uh, they they were playing the silent uh, lost boys type vampire thing and. Look at, look at where they ended up. And they were there the whole time, So, which is another thing. They were there for the whole ride of the
4: Attitude Era. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I don't think there was ever, because you, you remember, there were always rumors. There were always rumors that you, you could expect to see certain stars wanting to leave and head to WCW, but there was never any rumor about Edge or Christian.
3: Mm-hmm. No. So there's my 10.
4: All right. Number 10 for Brian was the Edge and Christian tag team. Rob, number 10.
2: Well, my t- my number 10 is somebody who persevered through all time and space and was able to stay on the active roster for a long time in many eras. And is currently wrestling today, I'm going to say number 10, Gold Dust.
0: Mm. Wow. Ooh.
4: What a pick there. I'm, uh, I am i got to say, I kind of like that one. That is a good one. Talk about a guy that uh, was polarizing from the time he debuted to all the way through. I mean, you can remember his uh, Sable Dust. Dusty Dust. Oh,
3: I bet you two remember his Sable uh, Dust.
4: Blue Dust because remember he d- d- dressed up as the blue the blue meanie um, his lingerie his ball gag his alright this is sounding like a different kind of show all yeah uh, Gold Dust is definitely a-, a solid pick and the guy that seemingly never ages really
2: ages backwards lately
4: absolutely master of the Canadian Destroyer now yes And and I say that in all sincerity. I'm, I'm not making fun. I mean, the guy has just upped his game ridiculously. I like that pick, Rob. Nice job. All right, so my number 10 pick was actually a tag team as well, but I went in opposite direction. These two gentlemen did end up having pretty fair singles careers. Most times, though, they were in a tag team, and they were a tag team that really, in my opinion, embodied the Attitude Era. Uh, they made pe- people take notice. They kind of defined it because they were the, they were one of the first tag teams to really start talking more than they actually wrestled. And they did did this work with, I don't know, it's just kind of a, a unique attitude. And some of us didn't like it because they actually were the tag team that ended up dethroning one of the greatest tag teams that ever did it. And that would be the New Age Outlaws in Road Dog Jesse James, and Billy Gunn. To me, that is just a solid, solid pick.
3: Mm, I'll agree. Uh, they did put certain fun in tag team. However, they were beating up Foley and, you know, the old-age veteran and Terry Funk most of the time. If you want to go put them at 10.
4: I mean, think about it. They beat Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack, the Legion of Doom, the Headbangers, who actually, if you really want to think about it, in the Attitude Era, Headbangers had a pretty big role. So, yeah, that's that's, that's my number 10. All right, so uh, first off, let's just identify that Io Shirai successfully retains the title over Candice LeRae. And the past few weeks, there's been teaser videos for a wrestler or performer coming back to NXT to take back, quote unquote, what's theirs. And we get that reveal. It turns out Ember Moon is back in NXT. Ember Moon. I am, uh, I'm cool with that. I want to see Ember Moon versus Io Shirai. I want to see that matchup. Sure. <laughs> Thanks for being agreeable, Brian.
2: I'm just <laughs> glad that we get to see more the talent being used like obviously she got called up to the main roster she got hurt there was talk about her never being able to wrestle again because of her injury mm-hmm. but the fact that they brought her back to nxt and let her you know and her bringing her back to a main role that's i think it's good she's got a lot of talent left and you know, it's an opportunity
4: yeah plus it's somebody that hasn't been he hasn't really been. She hasn't really been um, on the forefront of people's brains because of the injury. So that's really that's really a great way to get her involved. Plus, uh, the women's division in NXT I think suffered um, once once Rhea Ripley lost to Charlotte, which I still think was a huge mistake. Uh, it just kind of took the air out of the balloon, in my opinion.
3: Wait, there's a balloon. Do I get a balloon? The wind out
4: of the sails. I can only do oh, so many man. cliches, Brian. I need you to keep up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. All right, so let's move in. To... Oh no, you
3: threw me! You threw me for a loop. I was actually, you know we're talking balloons. I'm like, uh, I want a balloon. Where's my balloon? Is balloons, it sailboats, Does it, it Blow sand? it up.
2: Does it float? Does it not float? Maybe
0: we. Oh, make don't worry.
3: You
2: get a sticker. Oh,
4: everybody gets a trophy.
0: <laughs>
4: so let's go to number 9 The Attitude Era Wrestlers Top 10 Moving on to number 9 I selected Owen Hart During the early days of the Attitude Era Owen was a huge part of the moments that made us all pay attention I mean we'll never forget his matchup with Austin at SummerSlam 97 I mean, Obviously the, the tombstone gone awry but there's the his time in the nation, uh, his matches with the Davy Boy Smith for the European title, his run with the Hart Foundation, and uh, frankly, Owen Hart's just role in the Attitude Era. I think if you don't have Owen Hart, you're missing a huge gap, or miss, missing a huge piece.
2: I'm down with it. Nice one. Not a, Not somebody I thought about, actually, so... So, yes, I'm not down with it, apparently, because I don't have him on my list. So thanks for <laughs> calling people well, I, out and making them feel stupid well, yeah, at number nine. But, Rob, though, this is the joy, right? This is the joy
3: of the list, right? Because I've said it. I think we're going to have a lot of the same, especially when you get down to, like, the top five, maybe. And this is, you know, the, it's all subjective. It's it's what you thought. and that's, To me, that's what makes these lists enjoyable.
4: Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun to bad. put these things together and give yeah, us don't a chance to enjoy it. Rob, you're number
2: nine. My number nine is kind of going off of Brian's number 10. We're going to take one of those people and bring Edge into the top 10. Ooh. Singles. At number nine.
4: That's a pretty good pick as well because Edge did have a solid singles run both in the brood, and then post-Edge and Christian while the Attitude Era was still running strong. Yeah, I can't argue with that. That's a solid run. Bam!
3: There it is. There it is. It's your turn now. It's my turn. So listen, so you know, this is probably not going to make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but so the attitude Era was all about that entertainment factor, right? Just yes. over the top entertainment. And some of these guys ain't going to be the best. Some of them ain't going to be the worst. However, I'm throwing a female out there, and I mean, I, again, this is one that I don't, I don't think the the Lita and Trish get the recognition without the one that starred in Playboy and was one of the hottest issues ever and had all types of affairs with the boss, all this other crap and dumped her husband in marrow and went on to be you wow. know the, the, the one we'd like to watch in the in the black leather and sable. Without her, I don't think you have the sass coming out the women's division.
4: Wow. That's actually a really good pick. Um, and I got to be honest, you caught me off guard with that because I did not think a Sable.
3: That, well, again, again, that's the joy of the list. We, we remember it different. We see it different. And we don't have to argue about it. We just throw them out there and... You know, this is why I picked her. And again, I, I, much like uh, the tag team I picked, I don't think your women's division takes off without Sable. Because you had others. You had others.
4: Yes, definitely.
3: But nobody grew to that height of Sable as hmm. far as popularity.
4: Um,. I think for the time that Sable broke through... I mean, remember, she came out with Mark Marrow was a manager. But first, she was with Hunter Hearst Helmsley in a very valet feel. And then her attitude, her character gets just exponentially increased as she's working with Marrow. Then she ends up coming into her own as they have one of the first intergender matches of that age. Oh, yeah. Um, and Sable truly does define a big part of that women's division. So, yeah, I, I, I can't argue with that at all.
3: Sex, drugs, and rock and roll.
4: <laughs> I think that's a great way to describe that era. That's actually spot on, dude. So, here we have it. Sex,
2: um, drugs, and affair with your boss. <laughs> yeah.
4: So, recapping, number 10 was Edging Christian for Brian, Number 9 was Sable. Rob's was Matt Hardy. No, not Matt Hardy. I'm sorry. Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. And then he goes to Edge, which, again, solid picks. Uh, I was New Age Outlaws and then Owen Hart. Now, Brian, before we get to your number eight pick, got to point out NXT TakeOver's main event is right now. It is Kyle O'Reilly against Finn Balor for the NXT title. Balor, in his latest NXT run, has had some great matches. I really expect that this one's going to steal the show.
3: I, I would hope so. I, I would hope this would be one of those five-star candidates that uh, NXT maybe hasn't had this year. You know what I'm saying?
4: Yeah, there's a uh, Takeover need here. Yeah,
3: Yeah, and, and this is the one to do it. This is clearly
2: the one to do it. This could be a match for the ages. I also think this is a match that could very well put Kyle O'Reilly on the way to distance himself from, you know, the tag role. Yeah. Yeah. I
4: think that uh, there is there's a lot of chatter right now about, of course, we've got the draft upcoming on Friday for uh, night one. And then the following Monday, we've got. Potentially the Undisputed Era, not just splitting up, but Adam Cole going face, O'Reilly and Fish splitting up, and Roderick Strong possibly staying with NXT. You know, I love that lighting effect where the lights go down like it's almost like a cage of lights, and then they go directly to the middle of the ring. Have you guys noticed that? That is really cool.
2: I like the ring announcer, Matt. the the mic coming out of the roof. It's kind of the old Madison Square Garden.
4: Very nice. I love that feel.
2: You know the old time with the when the match was over and the guy something happens unexpected and the ring announcer sitting there going hello <laughs> hello <laughs> I
4: see somebody take that mic and smack it into someone's head
2: do you quit no no
3: Mr. Kennedy
4: oh wait I guess that's not the right guy. <laughs> All right, so as we go into, uh, like I said, the main event for the NXT Championship, Valor and O'Reilly. Uh, Brian, your number eight pick, sir.
3: Number eight. Number 11. Oh, wait, eight. Wait, you had so, number <laughs> i I'm digging back into the tag team division. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm digging back, right? So in this tag team. It it almost it, it's one of those rare occasions where you take what's supposed to be bad guys and they're so over they're just great good guys.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm
3: saying? And it's one guy that you can clearly respect, and the other guy that later in his career, you know, you just find out what a what a dweeb he is you know but it, it it's also a former world champion and a future world champion and they're put together and again we're going down the sex drugs and rock and roll kick and who didn't love poker night in the WWE with the APA
4: wow uh I, I, I like this pick because I didn't think to put APA on here, um, so it kind of catches me off guard. And it identifies a lot of important pieces, though. I mean, when you look at John Bradshaw Layfield, of course, as he blast, blossoms into a singles competitor, really does well in the, what was it, the ruthless aggression era, I guess is what they called it. But this part of his career was all about making a name and being comedic. Um, being a brute, being a badass, but showing that, that comedic side. And then of course, seeing Ron Simmons for who he truly is, which is, you know, just a, a brute. Damn. 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 Yeah,
3: so again, though, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think you get, I think they exude attitude there. That's, that's just me. That's just me. It's me. It's me. That's me. Is it you? I think That's it's That's me. I think it's him. That's me. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian. <laughs> so and again, they,
3: they. Go ahead. Yeah, and again, they're there for a while. You know what I'm saying? They're turned towards the beginning. You know, both of them finally managed to come together, and then they're there for a while.
2: All right, shut up now. Sorry.
4: <laughs> Rob. Your number eight.
2: My number eight made an impact before, you know, later changing course. But a Hall of Famer in his own right, former world champion. Uh, my number eight is the other heart, Bret Hart.
4: Oh, Bret Hart enters at number eight on Rob's list. Wow. Um, you know, you can't really look at Bret Hart's career and not identify the the big role he played in the Attitude Era. I mean, it, really, the Montreal Screwjob is synonymous with the Attitude Era, for sure. But his work within the Hart Foundation, his feud with Steve Austin, and you know, no one is ever, ever going to forget the sharpshooter where Steve Austin passes out blood flowing from his face. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I that's a solid pick, Rob.
2: Yeah, and I and I think that we can all agree that the worst, the worst de- decision he ever made in his career was to go WCW.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel like um, that really. hurt. I, well, I mean, who knows what the WWE
2: would have done with him? I mean, money wise, he didn't hurt, but creatively and everything. But, hey, it wasn't my decision.
3: <laughs> well,
4: he definitely had a headache when he was done in
2: WCW. That's not funny. So, Stan, <laughs> you're number eight.
4: My number eight. Uh, you know, here's a guy that it's difficult to really look at the Attitude Era without pointing out one of the most vocal pieces. Uh, he had a role in the rejuvenation of Degeneration X. The fact that he was one of the first WCW guys to come back during this era, just speaks to the speaks to the power and the volume that he had. He had fused with Jeff Jarrett, Kane, and of course Shane O'Mac for the European title. Of course, I'm talking about X Pac, uh, Hall of Famer, and this is a guy that, you know, when you think about the Attitude Era and what he did, it, it he had a major role. Brian, X-Pac. what's
2: your number
3: date You went you went X Pac.
4: I went Xbox. Xbox.
2: And a hush falls the one, over the two, crowd.
4: Kid. The one two, one, two, three, three kid. If you remember, your yeah, ass, ass is grass, and he's going to smoke it. That's when he.
2: Used to say. The guy that's grass. in the Hall of Fame because he get be hung out with the cool kids. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: he's saying he was the rad rat of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> and for the record. <laughs> Rob said that. <laughs> yeah.
4: So so I guess I just got the Coco Beware pick. Thanks, buddy.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think you did. I, I, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. If the list was maybe, you know, like the top 30. You know, maybe I'll throw them in there. But it's your list. That's,
2: you know, it's your list. That's, as Brian said, that's the wonder of this. This is the good thing about this. That <laughs> <laughs> has to pick. So you got to pick. Your I went, voice is heard. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: went from a perspective of just the the impact they had on the Attitude Era. I, hey, I didn't go after like, the PWI 500. Role, yeah, don't you know
3: defend I mean? it. Don't defend it. Stand by it. Don't, oh, don't let me it
4: rock.
2: Lord. Can we just say that Finn just kicked him in the head?
4: Good God. <laughs> if he doesn't have a concussion from that, then then there's no justice in this world. Because that was ridiculous. Finn Balor hitting a basement dropkick on Kyle O'Reilly that just literally sends his head to the backstage area. (laughs) Bam! There's a headless Kyle O'Reilly in the ring right now. (laughs) Some fan, like, out in some foreign country right now is going, What? He is dead? No, I'm I'm not. He's not dead. All right, relax. Uh, I wouldn't... uh, Oh, he's doing the air guitar on the arm bar. Come on, man. That's not right. That's disrespectful. Yeah. So, Wade Barrett is doing commentary tonight. So is Beth Phoenix. Neither one, however, are at ringside. Um, I'm guessing they're doing their commentary, like, virtually through Zoom or something.
2: Oh, Are they pulling a TNA and have... They're doing it from the hotel room next door or something, you know? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they gotta be
4: doing something, or maybe they're backstage. I, To my knowledge, Beth Phoenix and Edge still live out in Canada. So she's probably in Canada. Um, and Wade Barry. Oh,
2: Canada. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> really?
0: They did close Sorry.
2: our border, so, you know. Sorry.
3: Sorry. I was That's trying right. to be nice. Try to be nice.
2: All right, stand. To be nice.
3: Wait. All right.
4: What? Wait. Wait.
3: What were we waiting on? Oh, go go, ahead. go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to have a pause.
2: I needed to quench my thirst.
4: He needed, he needed a pregnant <sighs> pause.
2: Brian right. gets yeah. paid if he if he says so many words per show. So he's got to get it in.
4: <laughs> Is that how it's done? All right, so with number
3: seven... Started, I got an endorsement deals. He
4: said, well, then what, hey, Brian, what water are you drinking?
3: Oh, no, it's for the Power Air Fryer Pro. i <laughs> seen my <a leak, laughs> like TV. I'm a you spokesman. Thought <laughs> I'm a spokesman. All
4: right, so number seven on my list is... This
3: better be a good one after your
4: the last The Gooker. <laughs> He's taking out the trash. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Ninth Wonder of the World, Playboy uh, Edition. She was the first ever female intercontinental champion. She had a great feud with Chris Jericho, first ever female to compete in the Royal Rumble. Of course, I am talking about
2: China. Ah, Again, somebody else I hadn't thought about.
0: It's okay, Rob.
3: You didn't think about her.
2: No. She's number one on Brian's list.
4: Neither did Triple H. (laughs) Anyway. Too soon. Too soon.
2: Too soon? soon? Okay. Not funny at all, ever.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, Rob. (laughs) Brian says too soon, Rob just shoots it. Shoots it right down. Just boom, dead. Done.
2: So And I think Kyle uh, O'Reilly is getting Finn Balor back for the kick, so I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah.
4: O'Reilly is uh not happy about that basement drop kick and letting him know with lots of kicks to the face.
2: You kick me once in the face. I kick you six times in the chest.
4: Brian, you're
2: number seven. Oh, eight.
3: No, it's Rob's Rob.
4: I was trying to set it up so that Rob, so each of us get a turn going twice in a row.
3: So oh, it's it's fine. okay, and cool. Fine. Even better. Cause this is easy. This is easy, right? The number seven, for the first time on this list of heirs, two people have selected the same person in the same spot for the same reasons. I give you number seven China.
4: A solid pick, sir. I don't know where you got your rationale but yes. Great pick.
3: Cage, uh Intercontinental champion. Uh, she was an you know, called the ninth wonder of the world in her gender matches. She had great programs. Uh, she was involved with uh, DX and high-profile uh, feuds and storylines. And, yeah, I mean, what else do I got to say?
4: That's a good sign. Very
2: nice. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Good solid be- pick, if Stan could say so.
4: Yeah, that's right. If I do say so myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if it, that would have been his pick if he had to pick it himself <laughs> <laughs>
4: alright Rob you're number
2: 7 my number 7 is someone who is active, still going today has transcended eras and promotions and has had their ups and downs but my number 7 is is it seven? Yeah, seven. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Jeff Hardy.
4: Jeff Hardy, Ooh. wow. Wait, all of a sudden, my damn list just went went bye-bye. Jeff Hardy, great pick. Team on, Extreme, on, baby. What, uh, with what you've done with your list there, you took the best part of, of tag teams basically and said, no, this one was the standout. Am I guessing, am I getting that right?
2: <laughs> well, I'm also saying that, you know, how many, he had some single runs during that time and just in a lot of the matches, it was the fl- you know, he had the flair that, and uh, you can tell, you know, so because I would argue that Matt's best stuff is actually mo- more recent than Jeff's best stuff.
4: I don't know if I could argue with that. I mean, Jeff Hardy has the – it's 2002, right? Yeah, I would say Jeff Hardy's moment with The Undertaker in the latter match. Um, I think his breakout moments as Intercontinental Champion. Um, the Of course, his participation in just about every TLC that they had. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's not really a bad pick. Well,
2: thank you for your
0: permission. <laughs>
4: competitive, <laughs> competitive contest right now between uh, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly they're beating the piss out of each other right
2: now it's actually just a this is contest. the type of matches you expect Finn Balor to be in yes you know this is what made his name in NXT and I'm glad that they're letting him allowing him to get back to that
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know so, yes. So, would that be number six now? It
4: is indeed moving number six. Number six. number
2: six. Number six. Now, I've had Stan on my side until now. <laughs> Uh-oh. Because I feel like this person coming in at number six, because of the ups and downs and the moving around and all this stuff, And he was going to come on this list at some point. So I put at number six, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Number six.
4: Believe it or not. I know
2: he's your number one because he's number one in your heart.
4: Uh, (laughs) Ah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They just made it weird. Uh, You know, you can't. You can't really say that there's a bad part of that. Uh, Shawn Michaels, of course, his feud with The Undertaker, his feud with Bret Hart, his uh, feud with Steve Austin, and, of course, his role in Degeneration generation X. Um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's a pretty, pretty good one, Rob.
2: And now to you, Stan.
4: Number six, and believe it or not, I uh, I I had a reason for these picks. I just don't want you guys getting all... Oh, God, I thought that was three. I swear that looked like he won. Kyle O'Reilly with a... Well, he didn't
2: rib. win, but he won a broken rib.
4: Yeah, that looks like he's in some severe pain. Ugh. All right, so my number six... Um, and I kind of uh, took somebody that's already been picked on this list. Already been picked by one of us.
3: On your list? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. I took somebody that someone else so has you, already picked. So you took somebody twice? No, no. Somebody oh, else has picked okay. him. Uh, oh, but that's okay. it's I, I look gonna at happen. it from the perspective of the impact, like I said, on Attitude Era. You can't look at the Attitude Era without looking at the Nation of Domination. You can't look at you know, a guy that, first off, first ever African American world champion. Uh, never mind, college football standout. Uh, it, it's of course the Hall of Famer. You know, as Brian pointed out, former member of the APA. I'm talking about Farouk.
3: Nice.
0: Mm.
4: I I don't know. Very interesting. When I put the list together, I said, no, i got to look at this from a different perspective because the the guys obviously think I'm going to go, oh, Shawn Michaels. So I I tried to find a different perspective.
3: Yeah, but we we know Shawn Michaels is one on your list. So you trying to snooker us at number six isn't cutting the mustard. You'll see.
2: I think he's number two. Oh, you think he's
3: two? Yeah, because Triple H is number one. Anybody want to check the Vegas odds? Oh, where Shawn Michaels lands on Stan's list? Somebody reach out to us.
2: He's actually Not a bad every one. He just hasn't called him yet. He's got, like, substitutions in those slots. <laughs>
0: That's funny. Hi, All
2: right,
3: Brian. Number six. My turn. Right, so... I think we've heard every member of this faction's name listed so far tonight. We have future world champions. We have tag team champions. We have former, wasn't uh, this guy an IC champion, I think, at one time in X-Pac. Wasn't he an IC champ? X-Pac? Was he an IC champ? A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, I think he was at one time.
0: Light heavyweight champ,
4: European champ, I think even cruiserweight champ.
3: Oh, maybe it's it's European, I'm thinking of. And now I've ruined it, but I'm putting D-Generation X at number six. And while their contributions were great and there were many a happy time, um, for me, it boils down to the fact that when Sean's back hit and he went out, it kind of took the wind out of certain sails. It took Triple H a long time to recover and move forward. You know, there were things, I don't, you know, Xbox is in there because he's DX, you know what I'm saying? You know. Um, but the new age outlaws, you know, they kind of also falter while being part of this and a big part of it but without the being colored green I think they just they lose something but they are a huge part collectively and that's why I put them at number six
4: wow that's actually a pretty solid pick dude um, I, I was I, I think you and I have, probably have the same mindset in a lot of these picks
3: yeah, and again, this is where I think uh, where some of these lists are going to start aligning a little bit.
4: Possibly, possibly. I've still got a possibly, couple of stunners yes, for you guys.
3: Uh, oh, oh, my goodness, really? had yeah, to throw... Would you want a beer now, too? Let me throw you a beer.
4: <laughs> Will you throw me a can? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyle O'Reilly busted open from the mouth... Um, I don't know if they're trying to play off that his bleeding from the insides, or if he just literally busted his lip. I can't really tell. All right, who's number five? Who's got five?
3: Well,
2: you do, well, sir.
4: You do. You Me. Get the first shot at number five.
3: At number five, so Johnny the, Five. This, this guy. I mean, he really gets the gig of a lifetime and he's able to just take this character and turn it into one of the true immortals uh, of this business and he's an individual that instilled fear in the hearts and minds of the fans during this period of time he even crucified somebody on TV and got away with it in The Undertaker. Mm. Number five. Wow. Oh. Wow. I, I
4: think our lists are going to suddenly start aligning here, but I think there's going to be some variance as to where we place them. Um, but I can't disagree with The Undertaker. That's a, that's a good choice. At number five, uh, let's see. My number five,
2: what's that? Yeah, I guess it would be me, so you can go twice.
4: Right, right, you're right. Rob, your fifth pick.
2: So my number five is going to kind of, I guess, it's a name you all are going to say, I know, but I'm just going to go put the name out there. Um... The rock.
0: Spill it, Rob. Oh, the
2: whoa! Rock. Wow, at number
4: five, the, the rocks is interesting. He's got, I mean, he's got a word in the dictionary, his own word. I'm just saying, not many people have that.
3: He does, he does, and right now he might call Rob that for putting him in number five. Get up, Brony. Yeah, hmm. it might be some pie eating time. Wow.
4: He said pie. Can we say that on here? Okay. Uh, we can say pie.
3: It's air show. That. We can do whatever.
4: That's and right. We're in, show in charge. <laughs> we make a <laughs> And, uh, folks, again, if you're tuning in, this is, hey, it's Corner to Corner's top ten Attitude Era WWF wrestlers. Uh, we are at the halfway point. Get ready to un, un- Getting ready to reveal my number five. My fifth pick. Actually, before I dive in, no, let me go ahead and say it. My fifth pick, I wanted to make sure that I put this person on the list, if nothing else, because of one segment that we all will never, ever, ever forget from Monday Night Raw. Plus, when you talk about characters that just screamed Attitude Era, how can you ignore sexual chocolate Mark Henry? And, of course, the birth of the hand with his his wonderful girlfriend, Mae Young. May she rest in peace.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you went there. I, but you went there.
4: I had to. I had to.
2: I, I can't I, believe he's number five.
4: I had to think about it from a different perspective. I was like, no, we could easily do this whole thing where we're like, Oh yeah. I got to put Triple H here. You're going to do this and that. And I was like, no, I want to do this different. So yeah, that's where I get different.
2: different. All right. Bam. There it is. There it is. Folks. Rip the bandaid off.
4: Balor with the near fall after the, uh, what does he call that? The Sunday bloody Sunday or no, that's the reverse 1916 is what he calls it. Um, was going for the coup de grace, got kicked off the top rope. Now O'Reilly attempting to mount a comeback. Ooh, nice little uh, reverse dragon screw there on the rope. Interesting.
3: You said mount. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> 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 oh, he did it again on the second rope. Damn, he's trying to wrench that knee right out of socket. All right, so we go from number 5 and we are of course airing live from c 2 dot com and pw247radio.com to number 4 and uh you know i wanted to make sure in this list that i put some the I to- actually no he's not on my list i wanted to put somebody on here that embodied what it meant to evolve over the course of time when you talk about a giant in the wrestling ring, when you talk about somebody that is imposing and, and intimidating and, and also charismatic and able to draw the fans' attention, I mean, this guy had a character that when he was given to him, at first, I mean, I really didn't think it was going to take take off. I didn't think it was going to last. But over the course of time, you can't forget the fact that he had memorable feuds with Steve Austin, The Rock, The Undertaker, Pile, tombstone pile driving Pete Rose? Of course, I'm talking about the big red machine Kane at my number
2: four. Oh, I thought you were going to go Great Kali. The Punjabi Prince. Kane, that's a good pick. I didn't have him on my list at all.
3: Yes, Kane is a very solid pick.
2: Brian,
4: you're number four.
3: Oh my, it's it's me? I'm up? Yep. So, uh, I, you know, I looked, the way I looked at this is I wanted to look at who I thought personally contributed like just over the top and help get this attitude area, not only started, but maintain it. And I'm going to have to say that Mine is not quite as spectacular as Mark Henry or Kane, but the contributions to this guy alone uh, are, are astronomical. And the fact that he may he won the Monday Night Wars for the WWE when Derek Bischoff got Tony Schiavone to say, yeah, and on the other network, so-and-so is winning the title. And he also had the possibly the greatest Hell in a Cell match with my number five pick. And I went with Mick Foley. Ooh. Mick Foley's first
4: entry in the top ten amongst the three of us. Good pick, man. I like that because, I mean, you had the three faces of Foley – cactus jack dude love and of course mankind with uh, tony shibati saying yeah that'll put butts in seats good pick
3: uh-huh. uh you know not to not to mention uh the the classic match that would probably just literally shut the internet down this if, if it happened now with the rock oh geez the, yeah what twenty twenty chair shots right or whatever it was and yeah, uh, you know, the Rock and Sock connection. There's there's so many moments from this guy. I mean, you would have never expected it. You would have never seen him unless Vince saw something in him. That would be my number four.
4: All right, we go over to the other side of Pepper, Right now for Rob Hefner, your number four pick,
2: sir. Well, I never thought that my list would converge with anybody else's list because I thought I kind of was, like, out there thinking about these things, but actually I have Mick Foley at number four.
4: Holy crap. Bam. Look at that. Bam. The second time tonight, only the second time where two picks have coincided. Nicely done. Nicely done.
2: Nicely, yep. And now Finn Balor is bleeding from the mouth. Ew.
4: That's just nasty.
2: Get your receipt, mother. <laughs> well, I, I guarantee it's a receipt because there's times that oh Alex Riley had him in a, a, mo, a, a hold and he was. You said, you said Alex Riley.
4: a <laughs> no. Aries yeah. back. What, what was he called in Glow? Was it Iron Horse?
2: <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. But like, Finn Balor, like, just heel stomped him several yeah. times to get him off of him.
4: Yeah. Uh, Rob, I, have I
3: almost to, I have to say that I almost I, hung up on your back. Sir. Sorry.
4: <laughs> I think that Rob, you were right. I think this puts Kyle O'Reilly on the map for singles contention. Uh this I
2: mean, was this hell has hell to be match. this has to be one of the top ten WWE matches this year. Definitely. Ooh, nice. Definitely very nice. Um, could
4: actually be the top one. Yeah. Very competitive, very back and forth. Finn Balor wins after hitting the coup de gras. Um, both guys get leveled in the gut, seemingly breaking a rib on O'Reilly. Um, I have no idea how Balor got busted, by the way. Ouch. Nice brain buster. Okay. Rob, you've done yes. a great job with the number four pick. And now it is time for your number three pick
2: coming in at number 3.
0: Number 3. Doo, 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 doo.
2: This man still transcends the business, constantly reinventing himself in different generations and still being the measuring stick a lot of wrestlers try to hold up to today. Number 3, La Champions.
4: Chris Jericho. Wow. Ooh. Le Champion has arrived in the top ten. Nice, nice pick for number three. Actually, I like that. Good, good spot. Oh, let's see. Is it is it to me or is it to Brian? I'm losing track here.
3: To you. To it's me. To you. Or, I think my number yeah. three
4: pick. You talk about reinventing. You talk about characters that stand the test of time, and that just downright scare kids to the point where they want to cry you have to identify Big Evil the dead man himself dead man Inc. the Undertaker I mean he crucified Steve Austin he tried to marry Stephanie McMahon he threw McFoley off of a cell he rode a a a Harley down to the ring I mean the guy's done it all and it's only in the past year that he's actually hung up the boots I mean, to not put him at a high mark, in my opinion, is a huge mistake. So, absolutely. Number three, The Undertaker. Very nice. Fair oh, what the nice. hell? Who is this guy? Rob, who's this guy carrying Adam Cole?
2: I don't know who he is. Who
4: the hell is this guy? He just throws Adam Cole over the rail. Is that Rich it's Holland? It's Chris Evans' is stu- it it's Chris Pratt's stunt double He, he looks like Chris Park. Pratt. You're not, you're not wrong. I think that's Rich Holland. Okay, I think that was Rich Holland. I think Rich Holland just beat the piss at Adam Cole. It threw him over the guardrail. What a way to end the night as Adam Cole just it, it plays there. Everybody checking yeah. on Adam Cole. <laughs>
2: They're in the back like, all right, Adam, stand here. We're going to rip your shirt, and then we're going to have him carry you. <laughs> yeah, right, okay.
4: right. Just sell it, big dog. Sell it. <laughs> it's going to be your easiest pay-per-view paycheck. Yet. Oh, by the way, gotta call him (laughs) Tribal Chief when it's done. All right,
3: Brian.
2: That's funny.
4: You're number three.
3: My number three. Right? So, this guy is so integral in this whole thing. He almost ties it all up in a neat bow. Uh, Who can forget? He starts off, and his character is so bad, they chant, die, Rocky, die. But he goes, and he finds himself, and he becomes the eyebrow-raising action star of the world in The Rock. Wow.
4: The Rock making his... First entry into the into the into the list. He just made the list. Thank you, Chris
3: Terry. Yes, and again, just like uh, you know, uh, it was explained that your guy booted with everybody, and I mean, Rock made everybody made them all.
4: It, it there's there's really no way to argue with that. That's a good point. Rock played a major, major role, and never mind the fact that he had feuds with John Cena. You know, I mean, the guy just—he's—he's managed—he's managed to transcend what it means. Right now on the network, we've got a Drew McIntyre 24/7 or 24 WWE 24 special talking about him being the chosen one. Um, interesting special there. I think I've watched that before. Looking at wrestling news before Brian gets to his number two. Yeah, his number two. AEW has uh, a lot going on right now, and so does Impact. Impact saw uh, the return of happen. Rich Swan to actually yeah. make the challenge for the world championship against Eric Young at Boundary Um Interesting enough to see some of these things happening as Eric Young, again, back in the spotlight of Impact. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. I think this is a great move for Impact, especially because it's Eric Young.
3: Oh, yeah. So, Eric, to me, Eric Young, the way that Impact uses him is the way that the WWE should have used him, uh, especially when he was insanity. Uh, I think they just really whiffed on that so so incredibly bad. Um, so I'm glad to see he's back home and uh, back in a place where they uh, appreciate his talents.
4: Yeah, I mean we've we've seen we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of interesting moves during this uh, COVID era where people were released from WWE. Heath Slater. Had a great role uh, last night at uh, Victory Road. Um, he and Rhino were successful in a tag team competition. Go figure. But Heath still apparently doesn't have a contract as it was an unsanctioned tag team match. Come on, man. Hire Heath. He's got kids. Yeah.
0: He's got kids.
4: <laughs> got kids. Um, hey, I... Uh, before you get to your number two, Brian, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of Eddie Kingston and John Moxley's feud? What do you think of that?
3: Um, so, Kingston is one of the best talkers around,
0: mm-hmm.
3: in my opinion. Uh, he can go more of a, a harder style. Uh, which I think is what Moxley um, kind of needs. Uh, and the only reason why is because that then allows Moxley to go a little bit harder style, and I think that plays more in to Moxley's strengths. I um, I really don't. Uh, well, how do I say this? Um, so I like that it's going on. However, I don't know if I really see Kingston uh, like world title contender. Right. And so I'm not sure if I really if it would hold my attention in the long, long term. I think short term is a great feud. But I just don't think long term it will work out for me.
4: I have a hard time getting involved emotionally, like getting invested in Eddie Kingston, except for when he cuts a promo. I mean, what we've seen on BTE is he can cut a promo on anything. He cut a promo on Sour Patch Kids. I don't understand yeah. how people do that, but but he does it. He does it really, really well.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, though, I I think it's just, so I I don't necessarily need, like, ECW hardcore blood and guts type matches, Mm -hmm. but I do want to see, kind of, ECW smack the piss out of each other type matches. Mm -hmm. Especially with somebody who, like Moxley, right, so who cut his teeth. On those style of matches, right? The more, the harder, uh, more realistic, if you will, style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in the WWE, he was hampered. He couldn't. He couldn't do those style of matches. I think he was very uncomfortable um, with having to wrestle their style. I want to see. I want to see him wrestle his style. And I think somebody like Moxley, um, not Moxley, but uh, somebody like Eddie, can give give the fans that.
4: Yeah, I think I think Eddie Kingston may help him get to that next level.
3: Yeah. Because you're gonna you're gonna get one of these brutal matches mm-hmm. soon out of them and is to everybody's going to like kind of sit up and be like, "Oh, this is what we've been waiting for."
4: Yeah. I feel like uh when Lance Archer does come back, I feel like they're going to give him a chance to really show just how much of a brute he can be. Rob, what do you yeah. think of Lance Archer?
2: Well, I mean, I think he's just shown exactly what the character they want him to do, like come in, kick your ass, and then end it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not a Oh, it's, you know, it's the old style, the way they used to build up the bad guys, which is the way they're building him up. It's not, you know, show weaknesses and then, oh, all of a sudden he's a, you know, he can win. It's, you know, he'll kick your ass and if you're lucky, you might last like 10 minutes.
4: Yeah, I mean, AEW has been doing a lot of things right. They've... they've, I've said it many times. I don't think I'll ever stop saying it. They have found that formula. They found the formula to keep you entertained, keep you laughing, keep you gasping sometimes, you know. And I will say this past week's Dynamite, uh, Jr. hey, you did a hell of a job on commentary. A much more Jim Ross-style broadcast as far as him really coming out there and being a little bit more serious, a little less attempts at comedy. And uh, to me, it made a difference on the show. Brian – Let's not put it off any further. Your number two pick.
3: Number two. My number two pick. It could go in so many different directions, but again, you know they're all kind of lining up to this one individual, and the one individual is nobody with number, without number two. The attitude error is, nobody, is nothing without this guy. And I'm going, I'm going out on a limb here. Some people are going to say, hey, that's dumb. Some people are going to say, hey, he's not a wrestler. But however, the attitude error does not exist without Vincent Kennedy.
4: wow
3: you put vince on your top 10 i put vince on my top 10 let me tell you if it's not if 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 we're we're looking and starting with when brett was there the montreal screw job starts it off right literally on that night Breaks the world of pro wrestling as we know it, right? Because nobody saw it coming. The next day at the water coolers, wrestling fans are like, oh, my God, did you see that? It makes the news. It makes the headlines. And there's no better villain during this entire period than Vincent McMahon.
4: I mean, Vincent even
3: won the WWF title. I I mean, look, so he's a part of the Undertaker's big storyline in the ministry. He's involved with feuds with Austin, which propels the WWE into heights it hadn't seen since the 80s. And I dare say even higher.
0: I won't
2: lie that I didn't think about Vincent Kennedy McMahon on my top 10 at some point because you're exactly right for those reasons. I mean, he was willing to take his company that was very PG, very aiming towards the kids, and he was willing to do everything to stay in business during this time. And if that meant throwing his son off a 50, you know, whatever, or having his talent posing in magazines or getting on TV and cussing and that kind of like, he was just willing to do whatever he could to stay alive. Yeah, and so I mean,
4: he grabbed his competition by the throat.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like I just, wow. I thought he was going to be on somebody's list and he was very close on mine. Um, I got my list and had actually forgot somebody. So, real quickly, I was like, all right, who could I go for? Oh, oh, oh. And I thought about him, and then I went in another direction. But good job, Brian. Yeah, that's a – <sighs> All
4: right, uh, let's see here. So, Rob, your number two yes. pick.
2: My number two pick is probably – the still one of the best T-shirt selling superstars of all time. He was a hell raisin, beer drinking. He would stun you or kick your butt or whatever. He didn't care. He hit you in the head with a a, a hospital pan. And I'm talking about Steve Austin, Stone Cold, the man who was one of the standard bearers, I believe, in the, in the Attitude Era for WWE.
4: I mean, how can you how can you argue with the success of Austin Three Hundred Sixteen? Seriously, if there's, right. if there's a shirt that defines the Attitude Era, I think that'd be it.
2: I mean, how many of us got tired of seeing those smoking skull shirts? You know, like, it's like, come on, come up (laughs) with something.
4: We had, we had
2: a friend of ours that had every
4: single freaking Austin shirt that was made. Every time a new one came out, he had it.
2: I remember a Monday night raw. Austin came out with a shirt. Brian looked at him and said, you don't have that one. And he said, I will Monday. You know,
4: like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh and plus, I mean, it comes out with one of my favorite titles, which is the Smoke and Skull title too.
0: I was and kidding. it's
2: the first time I ever saw like you know, some vivid memories of titles in my life. You know, back when Mr. Perfect smashed it with a with a hammer. Um but then The fact that he threw it in the water. (laughs) He was like, fine, you don't want me to be your champ? Go find it.
4: Yeah, the anti-hero was literally defined off of a guy like Steve Austin.
2: Yep. So, Stan, who is your numero dos?
4: So, number two for me was a guy that uh, plays prominent roles in today's industry, but also has an active business role in football, in movies. Uh, The guy has a hit show on HBO. Like I said earlier, he feuded with John Cena. He has beaten CM Punk. He is the guy that put the Rock and Sock connection into the stratosphere. I mean, he's responsible for some of the largest ratings drawing viewership in Monday Night History. And that, of course, is the jabroni beating, pie eating, hell raising, trailblazing. That's the Rock, and I I can't do the whole la 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 thing. But it's definitely number two (laughs) is the Rock because, frankly, I mean, it's just mm, there's one guy that that's just a little better. But yeah, definitely the Rock. I mean, come on, we all said his catchphrases.
2: Yeah, I know. Awesome. He's in the dictionary. Obviously, he was on my list, just not as high. But, you know, when you get to your top five, like we said before, the top five is like a crapshoot a little bit between, you know, who we pick. Because obviously the top five on our list all had such a relevance during the Attitude Era, you know?
4: I, I think that when you look at a list like this, the parts of it that make it subjective is how you look at the era. You know, some will look at it from the entertainment aspect, and I think that's kind of the way that I've looked at it from my list. Um, Some will look at it from the wrestling. Some will look at it from a character standpoint. It all kind of depends. Uh, So we go from number two to our number ones here. Um,
0: before
4: Before we get to unveiling the number ones, I wanted to point out that I think that the match of the night from Dynamite this past week, Ricky Starks and Darby Allin.
0: Great content,
3: very fast. Yeah, man. There's God. Let's get to one out the way, and then let's talk AEW. <laughs>
0: Brian
2: can't jump from subject to subject.
3: Brian's yeah.
0: like, oh, yeah, stop, yeah, it, yeah.
3: stop it! Yeah. Stop it! Yeah, all right. So, so,
0: my head
3: hurt. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I so I'm really like excited about this past week at AEW and mm-hmm. what's coming up that I, you know. when we get to AEW, which I know we're going to, I just soon stay on topic. Okay,
4: that's fair. All right, so let's do the number ones. My number one is uh, actually somebody that uh, has already been picked, and (laughs) uh, frankly, it just makes sense. It's like like Rob said, number one T-shirt-selling guy in perhaps wrestling history. Brian credits him for being a majority part of, of why the reason that wrestling got back to its popularity of almost like where they were in the 80s it's none other than stone cold steve austin i mean austin 316 literally defines this era and if you can't see that i don't know what to tell you
2: uh, i couldn't agree more I could tell you but then i have to it had to be beat but you
4: know <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's. But think about it. Steve Austin beat up his boss. He got crucified. He, <laughs> I mean, he threw uh, a belt into the river. Uh, he got thrown off a bridge. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty. You don't extreme have to make stuff. your argument. Does yeah. So,
2: Rob, you're number one. I am number one. Thank you so much.
4: Yay! let's
2: hear from. I was us. hoping somebody would say that. <laughs> it makes me feel so good. I feel a part of the team. <laughs> My number one is somebody who has been a staunch WWE superstar. Um, and his greatest fame came in the WWE and his staying power, not only in the attitude era, but everywhere. He is the standard bearer when people talk about it. Um, I'm going with the dead man himself, the undertaker, Ooh. because for multitude of reasons, but we've also said several times tonight, people on y'all people on the list. Oh, well, who'd the, who'd they have one of their greatest matches against the undertaker. So, you know, the man who personified WWE and the business. The Undertaker. The Dead Man. Dead Man Inc.
4: Dead Man Inc. is uh, a huge, huge part of why WWE stayed afloat during the Monday Night Wars, not much less won them. And now we go to Brian. For the unveiling of his number one WWF Attitude Era superstar.
2: WWE.
3: So, I'm a product of the 70s and 80s of pro wrestling, much like you two. Um, Wrestling was cool in the 80s with Hulk Hogan. WrestleMania, cartoons, action figures, and then in the 90s, it all dried up, right? We can agree with that, right? Yep. You kind of had to hide, right? It's almost like they brought the pitchforks after you if you admitted to being a wrestling fan. You know, it just wasn't cool. It was not cool. And what nobody was paying attention to was this guy that started off in Texas, travels through the NWA into ECW where he starts to perfect his promos to the great wide world of the WWE. And he's straddled with a name he doesn't want to the point that on one faithful pay-per-view called King of the Ring the Immortal Worlds Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass changes the wrestling world as we know it and that my friends is why he's number one wow. not to mention a million dollar sales in t-shirts a month to he's make number Ross's one in his- yes He's number one Not on your to mention he got to kick on his boss's butt. <laughs> you know, but let's look at the Mike Tyson incident. Let's look at uh, the Shawn Michaels incident. Let's look at the few with the Rock. Let, I mean, there's so much to look at. There's This body of work is probably bigger than anybody else who's on my list anyway. The, the, the bedside pan incident. I mean, you know, it just goes on and on. The Zamboni, the beers—you know—it just goes on and on.
2: Then I you have nothing. it, folks. I think that's why he's the biggest part of this. Brian and Stan's lists come together at the end.
4: Yeah. It's a happy ending. (laughs) It's a happy ending. It's like a
2: Hallmark movie for for (laughs) for (laughs) (laughs)
0: wrestling.
4: You know, it's not not hard to look and see who was really the standard bearer for that entire time. I mean, you think about all of the work that he did. Brian, you pointed it out. I mean, the promos that he did in ECW alone told you that this guy was going to be not just something special, but something huge. And, I mean, absolutely. That's exactly what he became. And he is one of those wrestlers who we still, to this day, hear people, a lot of people, asking for one more match.
3: Well, not just one more match, but, I mean, much like The Rock, you know, you can still hear, you know, whatever 316th says, I just whipped your ass.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There you can still hear it, you know? Um, And the fact that... Still today, you bring either one of those guys into your wrestling event and give them a mic, you know you have a guaranteed, you know, spot of the night. Steve Austin can still get on the mic, you know? Do we have to remember WrestleMania where Hulk Hogan came out and said, I want to thank everybody for coming to the Silverdome. And then he storms out there with a beer in hand and he's like, you mean Superdome? <laughs> like, so he yeah. didn't, he called out literally one of the legends in the business in front of everybody.
3: Yeah, well, and and then speaking of WrestleMania, let's not forget which to me is probably the first time I ever saw a crowd flip in one match.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, we're not talking a build up. We're not talking a six month process. We're talking they flipped in a match, which is very, very rare.
4: Yeah, I mean, the phrase double turn never really got brought up before WrestleMania 13, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I honestly cannot think of, of in a match. Now, there are moments that it happens, you know, like people getting jumped outside the ring.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. But in a match where you have a clear, defined face and a clear, defined heel, and by the end of it, the whole, the whole, you know, dynamic is flipped upside down. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: Yeah, it was a work of uh, wrestling art, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. that that entire feud. But but that matchup itself was definitely a work of wrestling art. But there you have it, folks. Our top ten. Superstars from the WWF in the Attitude era. Wow, this, you know this actually was a difficult list to put together. I did not want to do the predictable. Let's put Shawn Michaels at the top of the list because you know I had to really like really put pen to paper and really think about impact and what they did and all that stuff.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was expecting the top five to. De- Align a little bit more, but I'm pleasantly surprised that it didn't it didn't align as much as I thought it would.
2: I'm glad we had had
3: at, at, at variety, you know. Or mm. well, did uh, Rob? Didn't you pick the
2: second list? Didn't, didn't you decide what the second list was? <laughs> what the top ten failed w, WCW Yeah. <laughs>
4: Well, I'm sure we could all predict number one. That actually sounds like it could be a good list.
2: I mean,
4: Top ten. Could find, failed. I mean. <laughs> failed. WCW gimmicks. I am all about this.
3: Mm, this might be a little rough. <laughs>
4: Do you think it goes by I mean, faster
3: I, I, I or I got, slower? I got... <laughs> I mean I probably got I probably got the the top 1 2 and 3 already in my head. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but it's getting there. That's probably going to yeah. So we'll talk parameters off air of and course. then we'll go from there.
4: I'm so. excited about this list.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this could be fun.
4: Yeah, you know what? These lists are a great great idea, uh Brian. Hey, kudos, sir.
3: Well done. No, did I didn't do this. It was your no, idea. No, we did this. I no, was That's your idea. It? Okay, fuck. Oh, I said
2: that Brian, he's plug giving you comments. kudos. Just take it. Yeah, I really.
3: know, Jeez. I am. I'm getting ready I was getting ready I was like, just F it. Uh, you know, <laughs> give me the platinum star. You know? Well, remember you remember what they say no, a platinum back catch is only six inches
4: away from a kick in the pants. Keep it up. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's, let's move into. Uh, AEW Dynamite, because I think that's really the show of the week. Um, I will point out, Clash of Champions did have uh, its moments. I didn't catch all of it. I actually missed about half of it. But one of the things that really made me happy to see was they did actually go the full distance with Roman Reigns. And even, we've joked about it quite a few times, even forced. Uh, Jay Uso to call him the tribal chief, and continue to beat the snot out of him until he finally, I think he finally says it in a like a real half-assed way. But it was no, no. I'm sorry. It was his brother that came out there. Jay came out there and saved him. Didn't throw in the towel, but basically called him the chief. All right, man, you're the chief. It was it was kind of funny.
2: It was definitely. Yeah. It was definitely a. He owed him money. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. <laughs> it you was know, one of those like,
4: uncomfortable, <laughs> moments to watch. Okay.
2: Yeah. Did he not give you back something when you were a kid, and now it's like you had my favorite, you know, Rocky Johnson figure, and you didn't give me back Oppa.
4: Bye. Yeah, there were there were moments during that matchup where I was like, "Good okay, lord!" I mean, it, all right, guys, <laughs> let's let's take it home, okay?
2: <laughs> I mean, just imagine the meeting backstage. Hey, guy. Hey, Jay. Was it Jay or Jimmy? It was Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, you get to be the main event at Clash of Champions. What? Awesome! Yes, finally get my moment. But you're going against Roman Reigns. Oh, that's fine. We're family. We'll be fine. He'll take, well, you know, he, um, you're going to get five moves. (laughs) And then for the next 20 minutes, he's going to beat you like you owed him something.
4: (laughs) It was, um, it it was literally like, like Roman described in his promos. Um, Hey, this ain't your moment. (laughs) You're going to come in, you're going to get the payday and you're going to get your ass whipped, which is literally (laughs) what happened.
2: He thought it was his moment, and then he quickly realized, oh, tag team champ! Tag team wrestling is not that bad.
4: <laughs> I'm ready to go back to tag teams, Vince. I'm ready. All right, so like I said, there really wasn't much out of uh, WWE outside of that. Um, I think the show of the week definitely goes to AEW and Dynamite. I felt like it just delivered on a lot of levels. Better than the week prior, although... Um, still some some thoughts I had let's dive in with like I said I said it earlier the match of the night I think was Starks and Darby Island
3: so I I think that might have been more than a match of the night um, I think that might have been like a match of the month Oh, okay um, I mean that was a that was a really good match um, I mean, it, it had everything. It was a good, it was a well done story.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, you could feel the energy level from the two guys. There was there was hard hitting impact. There was dra- drama to it. It drew you in to see: is Darby finally going to get a win? Is Ricky Stark's going to get the win because he's the up and comer kind of guy? It, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different. Dynamics that it played on, and I think it worked out really well.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and to me, it it, it showcases the future,
0: mm-hmm.
3: especially if they sign these two to like a long term deal. I mean, if this is what I get to look forward to at least once a year for the next three, four, five years, mm-hmm. I'm happy. You know, this I thought it was a very good, solid match.
4: And even, even listening to Taz, who I expected him to have kind of a, a slanted view of it, he was forced to identify Darby as just an, a solid competitor and a, a, a threat to Team Taz. So that, that was actually kind of a cool dynamic to do because I felt like Taz really sold it even better, so it just lent more credibility to the fight that these two were having.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and the other thing too is that you know it was actually pretty much just a straight one-on-one mm-hmm. contest. Um, whoever like you know come up with the, the story of the match or whatever. It, it's nice and refreshing to see that even though you could have gone the route of outside interference. You, you just didn't. You let them have this moment to shine. Yeah. And that's a good way to kick off the night, too.
4: Definitely. It, it, it was actually, to me, it could have very easily been the main event, and I would have been fine with that. But the way it set the night off, as far as really getting you started in the right frame of mind... Yeah, it w- it was a great way to start us off cuz we had some some solid not just segments as far as promos but also some great matches with that would still come up and that was, you know, hey, Darby Allin and Brody Lee, not Darby Allin. Um Orange Cassidy and Brody Lee for the TNT Championship. Wow. Um first off, with Brody Lee, you have such a unique guy that you can do all sorts of different things he can be athletic he can be dominant he can be um comedic he can be you know a lot of different characters all in one and with orange cassidy we were talking about it during the match in the in the group chat that orange cassidy has developed himself to a point now where he almost doesn't need to do you know the whole hands in the pockets thing But to me, to see him shift from (laughs) uh, sloth Orange Cassidy to, you know, 95 miles an hour, balls to the wall Orange Cassidy, is actually really fun to watch. And it's a fun ride to go on. And you almost forget that he lost that match by the end of it because of the fact that it was just so fun to watch him get amped up.
3: Yeah, I mean, he. I don't think Orange Cassidy disappoints that I can recall yet in AEW. Uh, I am glad that again he didn't do the whole pocket thing. I think you can bring that out every once in a while. And again, you know, here's another match where there could have been a lot of outside interference, mm-hmm. but you know, the the Dark Order kind of gets played a little bit almost at every turn uh, by Orange Cassidy. Uh, and once again, I you know this is a this is a great match for Brody to exert dominance and show why he's that champ, and I think it worked.
4: Rob, what do you think of Orange Cassidy?
0: I mean, his
2: in ring is he's starting to wear on me a little bit. Like I'm starting to come around a little bit on his in ring stuff. I just at the beginning I thought it was stupid but the whole being quiet. And, but uh, I think, you know, his, his later, his later, latest matches and his stuff with Jericho kind of, I started being a fan.
4: That's interesting to hear, hear you go from, from those two different dynamics. So, what was it exactly? Was it his energy level or was it the fact that he was kind of moving into a different gear? What is it that got you towards being a fan of Orange Cassidy?
2: Uh, it's when he started showing that he's just not standing there, you know, and the whole hands in the pockets thing. Like mm-hmm. that was just getting old for me and it was like, all right, come on, let's do something else. So,
3: Yeah, it, it's almost like at at first you didn't understand why he was there, and then yeah. uh, he who did he wrestle, um, Pac, Pac, yes. And you're actually like, holy shit balls! Look at this guy go.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I, you know, I, I think Rob's right. That for, for me, that's the turning point. Is when he actually started to wrestle, and you realize he's really good.
4: Yeah, it was, um, I enjoyed the comedy that he brought to the table as far as, you know, the hands in the pockets thing, but ultimately that only goes so far. You you can only do but so much with it. I mean, frankly, if he had, let's say he had did that with Brody Lee the entire time, because he did it briefly. Um, If he had done that the entire time, that would have been a a one-minute squash. Right. And Orange Cassidy would have gotten nothing out of it. In this case, we now all believe that Orange Cassidy could have very easily, you know, come out with the underdog victory and won the title from that kind of a shot.
3: Right. And and to me, it's now you can understand or not, not understand, but now you can see that Orange Cassidy can compete against, you know, anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, Brody being one of the bigger competitors. And he literally, get so close. But, you know, Orange Cassidy makes it a great match and makes it believable.
4: So you go from possibly one of the best matches that Orange Cassidy has had, and that's not taking anything away from his work with Jericho because, frankly, his Jericho work was on a whole different level, to, to me what may be one of the best promos in wrestling today. And that, of course, goes to Cody Rhodes, who comes out and delivers just yet another wow kind of moment um, with his his accepting of the dog collar match challenge that kind of leads us into thinking that we're about to take a ride on a very, very gruesome train.
2: Well, and I think when you look at AEW, who has been the person that's been in AEW that takes those risks first?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and it's, it's it's pretty much been Cody since they kind of opened. You know, he's the first one that took the horrible chair shots. And he was the one on the first couple of shows that always was busted open to the point, you know. So
0: um,
2: to keep Cody there and, you know, to sh- I think it's relevant for him to take the next step and to say, all right, we're not f- afraid to push the envelope a little bit.
4: Yeah. I mean, when, when you talk about, uh, being willing to do something and then expecting only what you would be willing to do, that's a, that's the definition of what Cody has done this entire time. He'll do whatever it takes to make sure the story gets told and he's not afraid to lose. He's not afraid to be, you know the guy that gets beat down. He'll take he'll take his lumps, and I, I think this is a guy that I want to see him be champion. I want to see him be successful. But in this case, very similar to kind of how what they're doing with uh, Adam Page, the ride is almost just as fun as the success.
0: Yeah,
3: but but what a ride! This, this is this is with Cody,
0: mm-hmm.
3: right? You know, this is this is what he should have been in in the WWE. Definitely. And it's almost a, a shame you didn't get to see it. However, it's now a joy that you do because mm-hmm. you get to see it in a completely different way. Well, I also so, think-
2: Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go no, ahead. go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. you weren't done. Go ahead.
3: Go ahead, Rob. Just go. Go. Do it. Do it. No, and then. <laughs> Jesus.
2: Really? A Cody segment with and then?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, no, I kind of feel like, you know, they're also kind of, for those naysayers out there, those haters out there. Cody's building his resume even more. So when he does take the AEW gold, you know, when he does take his time on the mountaintop, it's going to be, it's about damn time. Yeah, I
4: I get that feeling also. I feel like they're definitely, the reason it stretches that way is so you can, so those people will be like, yeah, he should have been champion kind of thing.
3: Now, I don't know if I need him at the top personally,
2: do I think he's earned it? Yes, I just don't know if I need him well, and I think that's what they're building in aew is they like 'cause you know when they first opened, you know everybody all the people were saying, oh well, you can see your first what champion's gonna be Cody or it's gonna be Omega or it's gonna you know your tag champs are gonna be the bucks and blah 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 well look look the bucks haven't touched the belt yet. You know, And Omega hasn't touched the singles title. The first title Cody got was what?
4: The secondary.
2: Right, the TNT title. So they're doing exactly what against what people are saying they're going to do. And it's also true to the word that they're going to make the talent shine. So they're letting the talent shine. It's not like they, back in the day where You know, the way to stay the way to to stay in charge was to keep the book and to keep you on top.
3: Yeah. And I think that's for me, that's the way I want to see Cody. I want to see him take the chances. I want to see him cut the promos. I want to see him shine. I want to see him be the best. Right. And I think Cody's just one of these guys that he doesn't necessarily need to hold that title. Um, you know, the the world title.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I think he's going to shine whatever he does. And uh, as far as his dog collar match goes for next week, that's right, folks. Next week, live on TV. Well, I guess this week, right? This week. This week, not next week. This week. This week. We can talk this week. Uh, JR said it best. In his entire career, he's only called four or five of them. I can only recall ever seeing one of them, and it left one of them permanently damaged.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, it, with a busted eardrum. Um, this is not something that comes along, you know, every other week. This is not something mm-hmm. that. It is not going to result in nothing but blood and guts blood and guts <gasps> blood and guts so you say, this I you say guts. Cody accepts I'm, I'm already moving to next week <laughs> I, I can't wait for I can't wait for Wednesday I really can't
4: yeah I think I think we would agree that uh, Wednesdays have become appointment TV like you literally plan on being there for it.
3: Yes. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of uh the Monday Night Wars.
0: Mhm.
3: you I, I I just couldn't wait till Monday night. Mhm. You know, uh Smackdown or Heat or Thunder, were really they really didn't matter to me cuz the excitement was Monday night. So, that it, to me that's what Wednesday is now.
4: And what did I always say when it came down to whether it was taped or whether it was live? I didn't care if it was taped. I wanted to watch it live. Because mm-hmm. like live just has a different feel. Like when it's live, anything can truly happen. Because mm-hmm. there's no net. When it's taped, you're like, eh, and there's always a spoiler out there and there's always this, there's always that. I want it to be as it happens. Oh wow. Did you see that? That's amazing. We're never gonna see that again. You know, stuff like that. And you don't get many of those moments in wrestling anymore but when you do, man is it special and, and I think that with a dog collar match, and of course you're talking about the the damage that was done to Greg Valentine's here um, the dog collar match it has potential to be uh, a feud ender, but I have a feeling that we're gonna see this actually continue and they're the blood and guts that you described uh, is just the, just the beginning.
3: So for me, I think, I think we're going to see another break or another pause after Wednesday. And Cody will go do his other business. And then when he comes back, he's going to be looking for some help. You know he's going to try and destroy the dark order, which hopefully is going to lead to the match we've been waiting to see since they announced it in the match beyond and the actual battles <laughs> Yes, the actual. Yeah, maybe that match will. You know, because the way Cody's going, this is this. You know, is, for me, is lining up like a long-term feud but he's not going to be able to do it himself. He's going to have to enlist people. Maybe it's his brother. You know, maybe it's whoever. And, you know, there's that many people involved. Where else are you going to hold it, Hold a match but in a cage?
4: And thus far, they've done the gimmick matches right. Even, though, even the Mimosa Mayhem match was fun to watch.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't like the name.
4: (laughs) Try saying it five times fast. Mimosa mayhem, mimosa mayhem. (laughs) You know, one of the things I noticed this past week on Dynamite was the ability to just get sucked in to a storyline and to really just take a second and go, damn, I I didn't see that coming. Even though you should have, you know, everything in your body probably tells you that this is what's going to happen. That was the kind of moment I had when I was watching uh, Orange Cassidy and, and Brody Lee. Like I was like, "Damn, he's going to actually win it!" And then, of course, you know when he comes up short, I was like, "Wow, I was I was actually disappointed." So it, that made me know that okay, they did it right. That's the right direction, and that's how I know this company is headed in the right direction.
3: Mm-hmm. And who would have thunk it? Y'all can't even fill ten thousand seats, baby.
4: For the record, I never said that
3: No, I'm not saying you did. You know who said it?
4: (laughs) It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Uh, hey, can I ask you guys something? Is Chris Jericho? Okay, fine. I guess we're done. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Is Chris Jericho? Is he better served to be the comedic, funny guy that he is now versus the serious pain maker that he's been in the past?
2: I think he's he's had his time in place and that's one reason he was high on my list is like if you look and if we did a list of all time performers he would still be in the top five just because of the fact that he has been able to change the way he handles himself in every element does that make sense
0: mm-hmm.
2: like he came in as the serious hey i'm gonna kick your butt and then once he started playing the crowd and the crowd started playing back he's like Hell, I'm a made man in AEW. I'm just going to sit here and goof off.
4: Which has made him all the more entertaining. I mean, <laughs> come on. If, maybe the Attitude Era, we would have seen this. But could you have think thought of any other time where we'd have seen a, a big vat of mimosa, and that's how you win, is to throw somebody
3: in it? I, to, to me, that might have been something that was pulled on, on like a more local level. Um, but to have a big company, especially in today's market, Mm -hmm. try that, you know, it is kind of (laughs) refreshing.
4: Did you just say refreshing? We're talking about mimosas and then you say refreshing. And then I say. (laughs) (laughs) Cue the ah, statements.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um. But, he, you know, again, so for me, Jericho is Jericho. You know, you're almost caught up in anything and everything he does, whether it's as, as a over-the-top bad guy, as a, the in-betweener, as the, uh, the, you know, the classic face, the comedy act. I mean, you just get wrapped up and caught into him. But he's always been that way. You know what I'm saying? I think just now he's at that point in his career that very few people ever attain.
4: You know, Jim Ross used to talk about guys who could maximize their minutes when they're on TV. And if there's a guy that has mastered that, it's it's Chris Jericho. Every opportunity he has on TV, it doesn't matter who he's on TV with, it's, it's a great segment. And it turns out entertaining as hell because you've got somebody that is emotionally and mentally invested in making it work and that's what Jericho does and that's why I I agree with you guys I I think that that's why he continues to reinvent himself continues to evolve God only knows we haven't seen the last of him evolving his character I'm sure he's got a few more ideas which is actually a little scary
3: (laughs) yeah I uh, agree but I mean you know to Rob's point about the greatest of all times right so there are very few you could actually think of that reinvented themselves that many times and went on to that success mm-hmm. for that length of time. Um, you know, there are very few. And he's never really hit, like, the the. the love You know, he's never really... Had that dip in his career. Uh, sorry for the dogs. It's fine. <laughs> um, the
4: dog agrees.
3: Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. It's not like Hogan, where his popularity wanes and then he reinvents himself. I mean, he's at the height height of his career, and he reinvents himself just to reinvent himself. <laughs> you know, just to go with what the crowd gives him.
4: I mean, the, the, the singing along with uh, Judas when he comes out, the ability to be funny, make fun of himself, get doused with orange juice, you know. To, I mean, he, he really has managed to find a way to, even though he, he, I don't think he necessarily tries to do it on purpose, but he still manages to get people to love what he does simply because it's Chris Jericho. He's like that, like like Brian just said. He's kind of like Ric Flair in that regard.
3: Well, yeah, to me though, he he's he might be a little bit. Now I'm not going to say Flair's not to me personally the greatest champion ever, but I think he's he's a little bit different and better than Flair in the fact that again, if you look at long term career, Jericho doesn't really drop off. You know, he he hits a point and if he's not wrestling, he's off doing Fozzie. You know? But it's not like he drops down the card. You see what I'm saying? Right. Whereas with Flair, you reach a point in WCW where Bischoff gets involved and he you know, even though he's in bigger storylines, you can see his career is coming to an end and it's starting to drop drastically. And you know, Flair goes through different incarnations, and some of them work, and some of them don't. But I I can't think of a time that or any change that Jericho's ever done that hasn't that hasn't hit. I mean, crap, he makes a list. Seemed like are the greatest the thing list? ever.
0: Right. Yeah,
3: I mean, who who didn't go to work and flick the pen? You just made the list. You know, your coworkers are like, "What are you?" doing, man?
4: So I wasn't the only one that was doing that. Good to know.
3: Yeah, no, I did it. I mean, you know, (laughs) I work in corrections right now. It's easy to make somebody make the list. You know what I'm saying? You just make the list. And some people get it and some people don't. But, you know. We get it, Brian. We get it. Oh, I know we get it.
4: So... The reason I brought up Jericho, and as, uh, to close us out tonight, I wanted to talk about another guy, that uh, another person that Chris Jericho has seemingly made, and that would be Isaiah Cassidy. What a great matchup these guys had, and we get a great opportunity to see that there's a lot more fire to private party than there is just comedy.
2: Yeah,
4: I, I, <laughs> I guess Rob doesn't. Agree.
3: I mean, I, I I think they're I think they're one of these uh, acts that they're you you've seen them in one light, not realizing like orange Cassidy That these kids can really wrestle, mm-hmm. and they move at a different speed. They're you know, and they're they're they're, they're they make it look believable. They can put on Enjoyable matches, great matches, and I think this is the first time um, that I can recall in a singles competition that I mean he literally stepped up to the plate.
4: Yeah, I mean the the sec this the sequence where Whoa. Jericho has his back turned and he is like basically showboating, seemingly intimidated. Cassidy and then Cassidy just unloads on him for a good five minutes was like, Holy crap, this is it's on and it was it was fast paced from there. I will say, um I'm I'm kinda tired and over the uh, the Judas effect. I just yeah. Alright. Let's let's move on. Let's go back to the code breaker or do something different. No more back elbows, please.
3: I don't know the way he delivers it though. I mean it looks like it'll knock you out.
4: Well, I'm not saying an elbow to the face wouldn't knock you out, because that's true. <laughs> It'll knock you out. It's just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't like it. It's going to knock you
0: out. Okay.
4: So, Rob, <laughs> Rob you, you, made the, you made the joke, you, you made the sound effects, and I got to ask you, okay, you, you clearly didn't like this match?
2: I actually didn't see this match, so
4: I was just... Oh, boo, I was waiting for some point-counterpoint kind of thing. You say this, Brian says that, I say this, you know, but no, nah, you ruined it.
2: You ruined it. Uh, that's my job is to ruin people's fun.
4: Curse you.
2: Well, I take away let- your hopes and dreams all the time. <laughs> let me have Rob's
3: counterpoint then. Do it. Yeah, but not on that subject because, you know, I already spoke my piece on that. I'm just taking his air time because <laughs> you <laughs> gave it to me. <laughs> ah, Sucker. crap. Um, so let's just just touch on on
2: social media, Brian, Mm I
3: don't know how this works. I got the airtime and by my count, I got four minutes to make two points. Fire away.
2: That's what that smell was. So
3: you, we forgot to mention that in the tag team match with FTR and SCU, which again, was a phenomenal match.
4: Yes, it was. It was a great tag match.
3: When SCU goes to the ring, who do they walk past? Yeah, but a real subtle beers. Yeah. hmm After the match, they throw up three and not 4 Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tully Blanchard and FTR, which I think signals quite quite a bit. It's on the way. In the Four Horsemen, and the simple fact that Arne Anderson was able to apply for the trademark for the Four Horsemen last week, and it being available really leads credence to the reformation of one of the greatest stables of all time.
4: Honestly, I was surprised... boys... You yeah, go ahead.
3: We're going to get t-shirts.
4: Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, it's happening. <laughs> you know, n- latest edition of Four Horsemen, yes. <laughs> yes, it's happening. Um, I was really surprised that the Four Horsemen, first off, wasn't already owned by one of the original, and that WWE would be dumb enough to let it go.
3: Well, I... Honestly, I don't think they paid attention. I don't think anybody paid attention because uh, who they say applied for it, um, it was, was it Arne? Conrad? Oh no, I thought it was.
4: I thought Arne directly applied for it.
3: No, no, I'm talking about before him. So I think everybody oh, yeah, was yeah, yeah. under the assumption that it was it was owned by. I think this was it. Conrad. Um. I forget exactly who, but it might've been Conrad that he owned it. He applied for it. He, he was, he got it, but then it ran out or lapsed and he never, never reapplied for it. So, I mean, it literally has been sitting for some, some time and I almost want to kick myself, you know, that no, you know, we along with the rest of the world didn't think to look <laughs> to be yeah. like, well, is it open? Can we can we get that? You know, mm. and, and then you know turn around and sell it. But I'm you know equally I'm sure that the the original members of the Horsemen were all under the assumption that that the person owned it and it was never going to get out of their grasp. And you know the the attorney that he used. Which is the same attorney that uh, a lot of the other guys in AEW use is really earning his money. Mm-hmm. So I don't see where they won't get it because again it's sitting wide open.
4: I hope I hope we do get to see an AEW version of the Four Horsemen. I really really do.
3: Oh, I think it's, I honestly think it's coming. I think they're going to give you what you want. And they're going to give the rest of the fans what they want, and they'll do it in such a way that it's resembles the original first or second or third group. You know what I'm saying? Not the Paul Roma group that comes later.
0: Not pretty. You know, Paul.
3: Not the yeah, not the <laughs> Mongo McMichael, Michael. You know, but the, you know the original horsemen, where you know they would just literally take a leg and break it and. You know, grind your face into the cement. And, you know, I think we're going to get that when it
2: happens.
4: I approve this message.
2: <laughs> I think every wrestling fan in the world approves this message.
4: Yes,
3: if they're smart. Mm-hmm. If they're smart,
4: because if there's a company that would do it right, it would be AEW.
3: Yes, and then maybe we can trick like Kevin Nash or Scott Hall to show up, and the you know the first person they jump is an NWO member. Oh, my God, that would be awesome. That would be cool, yeah. That would be cool, yeah. Oh, remember this, Kevin? Yeah, remember this skit? (laughs) Not my dog spot, remember that? (laughs) Not my liver spot. (laughs) You know, it's
4: interesting because you mentioned the kind of the not-so-subtle walking past of uh, Sean Spears, but really it wasn't mentioned much on social media. Like I, I think people glossed over it.
3: Yes, I do too. I, it was so subtle, you know. And and then he, of course he doesn't get involved.
4: Mm-mm, no.
3: You know, it's just you walk you walk past him. Uh, you know, hey, what are you doing here? Because I was expecting with Daniels coming, uh, yeah, coming down to the ring mm-hmm. that he would get involved, which would then bring Sean out. Yeah, but. It just, it didn't happen. So.
4: There's a lot of red hair being put out there too, though.
3: Yeah. That's my AEW rant for the week.
4: Yay. <laughs> well, guys. This rant
3: was sponsored by AEW.
0: Ta-da. Oh,
3: speaking of that, speaking of that, so we're watching, because <laughs> Rob did it earlier, the voice of the 80s uh, movie trailer guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so we're watching, me and my, my family are watching these old horror movies from, I think one was from 1980. <laughs> and that voice come on, and I just started laughing. <coughs> so, Rob, you got to really perfect that and bring that back somehow. In a world. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: when you thought wrestling could
2: return to normal. <laughs>
3: Here comes Jason Voorhees. Crap! <laughs> you thought he was dead. You guessed again. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it right there. Yeah.
4: I, I always liked those trailers. Those were the best.
3: Yeah, there's. I. I it's just something you forget about, right? i would totally forgotten about them. You know, Rob does the voice from time to time, but I'd actually forgotten what one of them really looks like. And I, I'm pretty sure it was a. Uh, uh, was it Friday Thirteenth? that they have one at the beginning and it's whole, it's like holy cow look at this crap this is fantastic I'm 12 years old again
4: <laughs> that's back when horror movies were scary
3: yeah I did scare them, too I got them all
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah even even the wife and she knew she knew what was about to happen
4: I will say that the whole eyeballs thing was pretty nasty, for the record. That thing on Facebook, I was like, "Oh,
3: that's gross." <laughs> oh, I sh- I do want to throw this out there too that uh, for those of you that don't know but have Amazon Prime, October twenty third, the great Kazakhstanian himself. <laughs> that's how you say it. Very nice. Borat. Returns I like. To the shores of America. Very excited.
4: <laughs>
3: Sexy time.
4: <laughs> the thing is, I wonder how many of those scenes are going to be in there where you're like, oh, I can't watch. I can't turn my head. But I can't watch. But I can't turn my head.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so I absolutely love it. Uh, love Boy Rat. Yeah. I have the first movie. I'm going to watch it before I watch the second. I'm going to watch the first and roll right into number two. Um, Maybe I'll make the wife watch it too Depends on what day the 23rd is say, Whether I'm off or not <laughs> Oh she loves oh, Don't, don't she?
0: let
3: her lie she We, loves really? poor, yeah, we she saw it in the theater You saw it did in we, the theater. Did, did we, I know I know I saw it twice I know I did like a watch party Here at the house
2: Yeah we saw it in the theater You, me, Mike, Sharon and Natalie. Oh, very nice. Very nice. We had I love moved. it. I, we had just moved and we were coming back. Or we were getting ready to move. One of the two.
3: Why Might have been getting ready. No. I don't know if it's been that long. Might have been y'all just come back.
2: Well, she was with child, so.
4: All righty then.
3: Well, but, yeah, the wife loves it. She loves it, especially when he's in his little
2: bikini. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: Stan, think of the mental image. You ready? No. Brian has a bikini. (laughs) Look,
3: the only only reason why Rob even brought that up, Stan, is because he's already thought about it.
2: (laughs) What? I was trying to think of who I wanted to give Stan the mental image of.
4: Never. I don't need that image ever.
3: <laughs> hey, I like the new one he's got, the little spring one. Ew. I'm going to have Stan come over one day and just not tell him to answer the door.
4: <laughs> There's fans right now vomiting and passing out. Folks, that's going to do it for us here over at Corner to Corner. Catch up with the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter, Facebook, and all points in between. Of course, you can catch up with Brian at STRCP21 on Twitter. Professor Dickweed is always available to take your call. <laughs> always. is <laughs> it. Robin, uh, let's see. Are you, are you back on Twitter, sir, or not? No. Right, he's not back on still Twitter. still there. He's still there. You can still mention him. He just won't care. (laughs) That's uh, Rob Hefner, uh, C2C. Of course, I'm at Stan Grubb all over the place. And we will see you next week. Next week. There's not a pay-per-view next week, right? Because there's been one for the past five freaking weeks.
3: Yeah, not that that I recall. Yes.
4: Have a great night, everybody. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next time right here on Corner to
0: Corner.